Patterns of happiness are frameworks that always work. They are tools and practices that will bring permanent change to your life for better. We're not looking for temporary solutions. We change and transform. We practice what we preach and we're gonna share it with you here. Be careful because you can become seriously happier today. It's an honor to have you with me on the show, because for me, you actually embody the term Tantra. How does one become a Tantrika? How does one get on the path of Tantra like you did? The way I got onto the path of Tantra was through my master, Osho, my spiritual master. I was living in his community for 26 years. I first met him in 1973. And at that time, I didn't know that he's a Tantra master as such. I was just uh, very deeply interested in meditation. And then from the very beginning, he started offering me Tantra meditations to practice. So gradually, I understood that I'm on the path of Tantra. And the thing is that Osho is a master of masters. So some people who would come to him are more into Zen or into Sufism or into Buddhist practices. So he's literally able to contain all these different paths that exist for spiritual awakening. But from the very beginning, in my case, I found myself to be on the Tantra path. So I practiced many, many methods of Tantra meditation, whether that be alone or with a lover, and I discovered deeply these two different aspects of Tantra. It took quite some years, like between 1973 and 1990, I was only working on myself, just going in, just developing myself. I also had uh, work in Osho's community, so I spent eight years cleaning his house and then gradually my job changed, and then I was into press office, press relations, public speaking, etc. So therefore, I could develop my public speaking skills. Then in 1990, I started teaching, and it came more as an overflowing from my own deeply lived inner exploration. And it goes on overflowing till today. So I teach all over the world. And I have a lot of experience working also with couples because I developed seven levels for couples. Couples go on a three and a half year journey together, deepening their love, their intimacy, opening up into spiritual states while engaged in sexual union. So it's an amazing journey for couples. And it's been running since uh, 1998, this offering then, of course, I have many other groups. So I have a lot of groups and processes for single people as well. Because Tantra is not only about sexuality. It includes everything that the human being is, from sex to spirit, including emotions, senses, chakras, kundalini, expanded states of consciousness, anything to do with love and relating so all these different aspects are included on the Tantra path. Mm-hmm. And it's my joy to share that. Sarita, I want to ask you, you just mentioned that there are several paths, like a Buddhist path, 
and the Tantra path and I guess a yogi path as well. When people practice Tantra, is it noticeable? Is it something you see that, okay, this person is not really a Tantrika or it cannot be a Tantrika. He's more into like this Zen practices. Is it reflected? We can notice there's a certain type of person who is a natural Tantrika. And generally, those persons are very juicy. I don't know a better word than juicy. <laughs> like really radiating a lot of vibrancy and love for life, love for sensuality, passion. So these kinds of persons who are both sensual and yet have a deep longing to expand their consciousness, those are natural tantrikas. Because... When we practice Tantra, we become alive in all that we are. We become very vibrant. And it's perhaps for this reason that in the past, religions have cut people off from their sexuality. Because when a person is alive and vibrant in all that they are, you can't control them. They become wild. It's like if you imagine a bull, and if you cut the, the balls of the bull, he turns into an ox. So as an ox, he will carry your burdens, he will do your bidding. As a bull, he is wild. You know, humanity as a whole has been systematically castrated through religious ideologies, through different kind of governmental um, persecutions, etc., trying to keep people controllable. But tantrics are wild people. They are <laughs> directly aligned to source. We don't need any priest, we don't need any ideology, because we connect directly with, to source through the wholeness and the fullness of our aliveness and all that we are. There's no inhibitions there. And many people are very afraid of that because they believe, oh, if I don't have inhibitions, if I'm not controlled in some way, then the wild beast in me will be unleashed. So that's dangerous and I have to somehow repress that actually what people are not realizing and even some people in the tantra world don't even realize this that the whole secret of tantra is to apply a witnessing consciousness to everything that you are that means if you have wildness and passions you make that into a meditation practice you bring witnessing to it in that way as we go into those passions with awareness, that very passion will be revealed in its divine aspect, its divine potential. And the potential of everything that exists in this world is divine, if we can see that or understand that. So there are some people who are on the so-called Tantra path who are only exploring licentiousness without awareness it's just like an excuse to have some exploration or to have orgies or this and that but that is not tantra practice tantra practice will use those animal passions that we have instinctual energies and go into it with a meditative awareness and this is the difference that makes all the difference and it's not only using that meditative awareness, but it's also weaving that together with a loving attitude. And if you're interested to go further 
on this subject, I can explain a little bit more about that. I'll expand a little bit just explaining about the nature of Tantra, that we are working with contradictions. The whole of our phenomenal world is actually made up of contradictions. For example, day and night, summer and winter, sex and spirit, male and female. The list goes on, of course. So in Tantra, the Tantric masters have devised methods where we actually help these opposites to meet. And in that meeting, in that union of opposites, there is an alchemical transformation that takes place. And we discover the experience of godliness, the unity, the oneness, which is behind all contradictions. So we're piercing through the apparent into the reality of existence, the oneness of existence. So an integral part of that is exploring the opposite polarities of male and female. The female path is more a path of love and devotion. The male path is more a path of witnessing and meditation. So in Tantra, we are weaving together the male path and the female path, and that becomes the Tantra path. Many religions in the world are more focused on the masculine approach. However, there are some religions that do focus on the feminine approach. And just as an example, the path of Buddha is very much a masculine path, and also the path of Jainism and Mahavira. So these two masters, both Mahavira and Buddha, made a statement that if a woman wants to become enlightened, she has to be reborn as a man. So the reason why they said that is because it is a masculine path. It's focusing on witnessing. Then there is another path, which is the path of bhakta, devotion. And this is expressed through, like, for example, Krishna uh, worship, the devotees of Krishna, and also some aspects of the Sufi path. So on the path of devotion, for example, in the bhakta tradition that focuses on Krishna, they say, if a man wants to be a follower of Krishna, he has to transform himself into one of Krishna's gopis, Krishna's lovers. So in other words, mm -hmm. he has to become feminine. So these are two extremes. Now in Tantra, we don't choose one or the other. We say both are necessary, both are valid. So we simply weave together that path of witnessing and the path of love and devotion, and that becomes the Tantra approach to life. And I think a lot of people don't understand this, so they start bringing their own projections about spirituality onto Tantra, and then it becomes distorted. I really love that you're a Tantrika, but also... I feel you as a very grounded person and I know that you have a PhD. So I really like that whatever you say, you actually base it on facts and on scientific facts as well. And in the book, you share a lot about the science and how the brain works, which is beautiful. My father was a scientist, so I think I have it in my genes, even though uh, my nature is very poetic and, yeah, I'm very much into 
devotion and love, but some aspect of me is really uh, deeply connected to science and also to meditation. Can you please uh, share about your PhD? Did it actually help you on your journey, on your path of it as a tantrika? That's a very funny question because actually, <laughs> you know, my experience is that most people who are drawn to me are not drawn because of PhD. They are drawn because I have immersed myself in Osho for so many years. So people are absolutely enchanted that I was physically in Osho's presence for so long and imbibing the essence of Tantra through him. So this is what draws people to me. And the PhD, well, it's just a piece of paper. (laughs) But the experience that I had with Osho is what is my true PhD, actually. (laughs) Can we talk, please, a little bit about the connection of the head and our sacred sexual center? How does this connection work through the spine? And how does Tantra get access to our energetic bodies? Yeah, this is a very beautiful question. And actually, you know, I've been interviewed many times, but nobody has asked me this question before. So I'm very happy about this question. (laughs) So there is a nerve which is called the zero nerve. It's only recently named, like all the nerves have been cataloged, named, numbered, etc., by scientific exploration but the zero nerve is so thin and so slender that scientists thought it's unimportant so they didn't even bother to give it a number but in actual fact they found out later recently that this nerve is responsible for transmitting the information coming from the glandular system in the brain that rules over our sexuality to the genital area. And so there is, for example, if we're thinking of orgasm, there is a trigger for orgasm that comes in the brain. It travels through the zero nerve. There's an impulse in that nerve in the sacrum that becomes the trigger for the physical genital release type of orgasm. And after that, then come the contractions that people feel during the genital release. So this nerve is very important, and it's spoken about in the Vigyan Bhairav Tantra, which is a treatise on Tantra that's at least 5,000 years old and probably older through the oral tradition. The Vigyan Bhairav Tantra is 112 sutras, which are attributed to Lord Shiva. And the story is very beautiful that he's with his beloved Parvati. She's asking him questions on life, love, and spirituality, and he's answering. And each one of his answers comprises one method of meditation in sutra form. A sutra is a very short, condensed spiritual teaching. And so it's just like one or two sentences, which is describing in actual fact a portal. You go through this portal by practicing the method he is indicating, and that becomes a door into expanded consciousness. So in one of the sutras, Shiva is describing to focus on the nerve, delicate as a lotus thread, 
in the center of the spine and in so doing be transformed. I'm saying this sutra from memory, so there might be some nuances that are a little different. I can send you as a message later on so you have it in writing. But this is indicating to focus on this nerve which links our sex center with our spiritual centers in the brain. And basically the glandular system in the brain is offering us a twofold experience. One is the physical pleasure and orgasmic states we experience physically. And the other aspect of it is that it will take us into superconscious states. Now, superconscious states are linked to the drug DMT, which we have naturally occurring in our system and in our brain. So DMT is released at the time of birth during very profound and powerful orgasmic states, also during near-death experiences and at death. So this DMT is naturally occurring in our bodies and we can tap into it through different kinds of methodologies of meditation. So Shiva is indicating this through that sutra that we can open up an awareness of our sex and spirit connection and link that into superconscious states through DMT release. Mm-hmm. And that's all encapsulated in a just a one-phrase sutra. So you can imagine there are 112 sutras, and they are helping us to access our superconsciousness from many different angles, many different life experiences. Now, when Osho speaks about this particular method that I'm talking about right now, he recommends that it is practiced during sexual union. If man and woman are making love, that they focus on this nerve, delicate as a lotus thread in the spine. So this is just to give you an idea of the grandeur of Tantra. It's just incredible. I go into ecstasy only reading those sutras from the Vigyan Bhairav Tantra. (laughs) You've been seeing, I guess, thousands of couples already. Do you see any common problems for men and women, why women cannot really attain the orgasmic state, get into this expanded consciousness? In actual fact, it's easy for women to go into that state, but because of some kind of conditionings, the women are not allowing themselves to access that. And also it's because of miseducation, wrong education, or no education around sexuality, because men and women are wired differently. And I think you might know about my online course called Master Lover. So in that, I'm giving indications about what I want to share with you, and also giving a lot of methods that people can practice alone or with a partner to really experientially answer this question. Basically, if you imagine a spiral And there will be the center of the spiral and then the circumference of the spiral. Can you imagine that? Yes. (laughs) So just imagine the center of the spiral is the sex center, whether that's for a man or a woman. Now, if you want to help a man to find 
fulfillment sexually, you will start at the center of the spiral and slowly move out towards the circumference. If you Mm -hmm. want a woman to find fulfillment, you need to start from the circumference and slowly, slowly move towards the center. Then I'll explain how and why that is. Basically, it's been found through different scientific studies on male and female sexuality that a woman will need approximately 20 to 40 minutes of erotic play before she's ready for penetration. In other words, the woman needs to have a tactile touch on the external part of her body. It's a mistake to start directly with her sex center. She will close down in many cases if that is done. So this whole thing of of just jumping straight into penetration is not good for the woman. She will not be ready. She needs approximately 20 minutes just slowly caressing or holding or speaking sweet compliments, looking into her eyes and caressing and helping her to feel very safe, secure, loved, even adored. And that will create stimulation to her sex center and a lot of men can't believe that they don't understand that this is the case they will do what gives them pleasure and that's natural like you'll you'll often find women saying why can't the man be more in his heart she's saying that because that's what she needs and a man can be heard to say but what is her problem why she can't just open her legs why all this need for foreplay and he's saying that because that is what he needs for a man to feel fulfilled the optimal experience for him would be to begin by honoring his sex center his lingam and then slowly spread that energy out to the rest of the body so you see there is a wide discrepancy between male and female Mm-hmm. We see that also around the phenomena of orgasm, meaning the kind of orgasm that includes genital release. So a man can be ready for penetration and even go into genital release within three minutes. The woman needs 20 to 40 minutes before penetration. So that's already one discrepancy. Second discrepancy is if a man has one genital release type of orgasm, then he will need to rest for at least 20 minutes because he's just discharged enough sperm to populate an area, you know, as big as the United States to have that many uh, souls being born. That's how many sperms he's carrying. So that is a huge discharge of energy from his body. And then he needs to rest. However, if a woman has one genital release type of orgasm, she stays on the orgasmic plateau, ready for more orgasms for at least 20 minutes. So that means that basically men and women need to learn how to be artists of sexuality, artists of love. It's not enough just the biological urge, because biological urge is saying to the man, just spread your seed. But biological urge to the woman is saying, nurture and be nurtured. 
This is very important for the woman. For example, in the female brain, there is no possibility to disassociate sex from love. The woman is biologically wired to need sex with love, not sex alone. Whereas the man, he has two different parts of his brain. One is the need for bonding in sexuality and love. And another part is looking for opportunist sex, like opportunities where he can just spread his seed without any attachment. So this is another discrepancy between male and female. And the ancients of Tantra, they had understood these discrepancies and they bridged these through Tantra practice and through Tantra meditations and worship. So they found out how to create a harmonious alignment between the male and the female qualities and principles. This is one of the primary things that's very important to understand about Tantra. Sarita, from what you said, it looks like a miracle that men and women actually get into a relationship and make families after all. It looks like we're initially built not to be together and we just can get there only by being aware and conscious because otherwise it looks it wouldn't work. Yeah, otherwise it becomes a mess. So basically what's happening in today's world is that there has been the women's liberation movement. And through that movement, women were trying to copy men and even do it better than men. So they're they're entered into the female psyche, this concept of competition, which normally wouldn't have been so predominant as it is in the masculine. So the woman is trying to be like a man, and that means that she will become not attractive to men, because then you have two positive polarities trying to meet. Now imagine a magnet, and if you have two positive poles of the magnet trying to meet, they cannot, they cannot meet. So this is what's happening between men and women in today's world. The woman has forgotten her own power, her own unique power. That's to the detriment of our world, actually. And I understand why that happened, because for around 2,000 years or even more, the feminine has been suppressed by the patriarchy. So women forgot what feminine power is. And then when she tried to reclaim power, she tried to reclaim it in the masculine way. And that's not working. That is a disaster for relationships and for our planet also. So one of the things that I'm doing in my work, I have goddess essence training, which is helping to empower women to come back to feminine qualities. And feminine qualities are different than the masculine. They are very, very powerful, but very different than the power of the masculine. So I'm helping women to remember what our power is and how to affirm it in a way that's going to be helpful for herself and also for her relationships and for the planet as well. Thank you, Sarita. Can I ask you to give an advice to men? I know that some traditions... Like, I know that in Taoism, they say that a man can educate only 
at least after the second orgasm a woman has. Can you please share a tantra vision on male orgasm education? And what's the yes. highest vision perspective of it? So this is very important to understand. And the Taoists have made such a great contribution to the world through all of that research around sexuality and this discrepancy between male and female. In Tantra, in general, conservation of semen is a very important practice that men learn. And of course, the women are helping in that as well. It's not just that the man learns it and then, you know, he's all on his own. The woman is supporting this practice. Conservation of semen basically means that the man is tuning in to his correct biological functioning. Basically, a man has a particular biological program for how many times his body would like him to ejaculate. If he is younger and he has a lot of testosterone pumping through his system, he will need to ejaculate more often. As he ages, testosterone levels drop and then he needs to ejaculate less often. So if a man was able to tune to his biology and listen to his body, he would be ejaculating the correct number of times for his body rhythm. But however, because a man's sexuality has become mentalized, particularly through porn and porn addiction, this means that men are ejaculating much more often than their body is actually asking them to do that. And that's where the conservation of semen practice becomes very important because a man needs to unlearn the conditioned sexual response and learn his own natural flow of sexual response. And so that means that there are control measures that he can bring in to his sexuality. For example, if he's very young, if he's in his teens, which is the peak of the male sexual performance, you could say, he might find himself ejaculating once a day. Then when he's going into his late 20s, it might become less. It might become three times a week. Then he goes into his 30s, maybe twice a week. Then 40s, maybe once a week. 50s, maybe once every two weeks. Or 60s, maybe once a month. You understand? So he needs to lessen the amount of ejaculation he has according to his natural body rhythm. That doesn't mean that he should stop having sex. He should have a lot of sex. This is according to Taoist scriptures. <laughs> a lot of sex, but less ejaculation. And in order to uh, help this to happen, he needs to open the central channel between the sex center and the glandular system in the brain. There is a central channel. It's an energetic channel. You could think of it almost like a meridian. It's called the Shishuma channel in uh, India, in Sanskrit. He will invite his sexual energy to move in and up through this Shishuma channel. And he does that with his awareness. He does that with his quality of centering meditative presence, that he will issue that command for his sexual energy to move in and up rather than down and out. The down and out movement is given by nature for procreation. 
the in and up movement is given by spirituality for spiritual renewal and spiritual awakening. And it's always a choice how we want to play with our energy. So it's not that one way is better. It's just a choice. Do we want this time to move the energy down and out? Or this time should we move the energy in and up? You understand? So Mm -hmm. there's no condemnation either way. It's just a simple fact that if he moves the energy down and out too much for his natural need in his body, then he will weaken his physical system. He will use too much of his vital life force energy. And if you want a comparison for that, women lose energy with menstruation. So a woman is not losing energy through her genital release and orgasm. She's rather gaining energy, but she does lose energy at the time of menstruation. The hormonal levels drop to almost nothing. She feels very tired. She feels very inward going. She needs to resource and rest. And that might take at least two hours of deep rest in order to go into a recharge of her energy. So this is important to understand. Just imagine if a woman, if there was what would we call it period porn, (laughs) (laughs) that she was doing something which meant that she's going to be having her menstruation very, very often. Like, you know, she goes on a cycle where she just has a week break, then there's another menstruation, then another week, then another menstruation. That would deplete her very, very much. So if you can just imagine that in the case of the man where he is doing an activity where his body is actually losing energy and he's doing that too much, he's literally depleting his life force unnecessarily because when we move energy in and up, we go into incredible orgasmic states but without any loss of the vital energy. So the man needs to be trained through Tantra how to enter into ecstatic states which are completely orgasmic by moving the energy in and up. It's good for any parents listening to this to understand something that Osho has pointed out, which I think is really important, that if a child is introduced to meditation and meditates regularly, his central channel will already be open. That means the channel between sex and spirit. So throughout the childhood, he's maintaining an open channel. It never closes. It's always open. Then puberty sets in. Automatically, the power of his hormonal energies will naturally bring him into that in and up movement of his sexual energy he will be able to attain inner ecstasy easily and naturally through going into sex when he reaches puberty. But if a man has not been trained in meditation as a child, there's a tendency to drive that energy down and out from the very beginning. There is no in and up movement. And then he will never know those states of full body orgasm and inner ecstasy which would otherwise be possible. And then maybe later on he realizes something is missing, so he tries to find that capability, and then he has to go through a training to open up that central channel. 
And that training is obviously going to be focused on meditation practice. And usually uh, he will need methods of active meditation, like what Osho is offering to the world. Dynamic meditation, kundalini, chakra breathing, all of these kinds of meditative practices which use breath, movement, sound, followed by silence. And this will help to open up that central channel. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you, Sarita. Big story. Um, big story, <laughs> but a great one. We're almost there to end our conversation for now. I would like to ask you just one last thing. Could you please give our listeners some simple practice that they could do in with their partners to start experiencing Tantra just a little bit to get an idea of what it is? So I have a very nice meditation, which is beautiful as a beginning, which is in my book, Divine Sexuality. It's called Bioresonance Meditation. And maybe you've seen it because you've read my book. Yes, yes. But I'll be very happy if you can share it with our listeners too. Yeah, so in the first stage, you are sitting, facing each other, either in a chair or cross-legged knees will be touching and you place your hands in an open hand position so that your fingertips are less resting on the wrist of your partner and then you simply close your eyes and you allow the magical alchemy of the inner male inner female to take place because when we go into that position it's naturally going to balance the right and left sides of the brain And it's also going to balance the harmonious union of the outer male, outer female. So we sit in that position for approximately five minutes and just allow the magic to happen. Then in the next phase, we're taking the middle finger of our right hand, we're placing it in the center of the chest of our partner and We're allowing the resonance of the heart to be established. So this is, you're placing it on the heart chakra, center of the chest, just in between the two nipples. And you rest in that position for a couple of minutes. And then you shift your way of touching. So then you are bringing the middle finger of your right hand to touch the third eye center of your partner. And this is in between the two eyebrows on the forehead. So you're just resting your finger there also for a couple of minutes. And that's establishing a resonance in your intuitive centers, in your third eye, the center of clairvoyance. And then you come back to the original position with your hands and just rest for a few moments and then we're going into resonance through sound and this is really powerful because when we go into sounding we are actually opening the whole central channel so we're going to do a humming sound and this is like the end of the om you know when we do We come to that mmm, so we're making the mmm sound, a humming sound together. And we make the humming sound for approximately 
10 minutes and this will help to bring a resonance not only to our whole central channel but also a resonance through sound between the couple and this is very healing and nurturing so you sounding together and you're finding that place where your sounds meet merge and melt together and then after that we're going to the next phase now the next phase can be done in the yabyum position this is where the woman is sitting on the man's lap and her legs and her feet are wrapped around the man's body so her feet are behind his bum and then the spines are straight and the man and woman are holding each other so this is a classical tantra position where the chakras are aligned and then we're going to go into circular breathing now for some couples they may like to do this yabyum position plugged in meaning the man's lingam in the woman's yoni and this is also fine or not as you like so once you're in that yabyum position the man is using his breath and the woman is also using her breath to come into incredible alignment into the tantric circle the man is breathing out from his sex center from his perineum as he breathes out the woman is breathing in through her sex center raising the energy up her spine breathing out from her third eye center the man is breathing into his third eye center bringing that breath down the body breathing out from his sex so it's creating a circle between the sex center and the third eye and while the couple are doing that if they like they can bring their foreheads together so that they are really charging this circle with very powerful union the, the energy of the union and after 10 circles in that way that I've described then you're going to be reversing the circle and in that way you're stimulating your inner male inner female so in that case the woman is breathing out from her yoni as she breathes out the man is breathing in through his sex center raising the energy he's breathing out from the third eye she is breathing in through the third eye so you can make these circles another 10 times and from then it's really lovely just to go into a laying down position and to rest together now those last two stages which are the yabyum and the laying down can be done in the plugged in position by plugging in i mean sexual union so it's up to you uh, you know if you want to do that or not you can also do this meditation simply with a friend just to experience the divine masculine the divine feminine in a tantric style of unity so this meditation is called bioresonance and it's in my book divine sexuality also in uh, i have two books so in both of those books they are full of methods that couples or individuals can practice and i also have an online course called master lover which is giving you 
through the video form a lot of teachings about the harmonious union of male and female. I hope that was clear. And But if somebody's confused, you can just look it up in my book and you'll find the method and it's all written down. So it's very easy to follow then. It was very clear though, but I advise everyone, I strongly advise everyone to read Sarita's book for sure and to participate in her workshops. Saritas, thank you so much for finding time to talk to me. You gave so many valuable ideas and directions to move yes, forward. Thank you, very thank you for much. that. Thank you very much. And for your listeners, you know, we offer a Tantra Essence Festival every year in June, and that's in Corfu, Greece. And the theme of the next festival is the esoteric practices of Tantra and uh, exploring different Tantra masters and what they have offered to the world. So it's really going deeply into esoteric Tantra practice. This could be a very nice opportunity for people just to come and enjoy tuning with me and then other teachers from different lineages also. Otherwise, you can check out my website, which is www.tantra-essence.com. And there, there's a list of different groups, trainings, professional trainings. Also, there's a calendar. You can check where those groups are happening. And I also have a monthly newsletter. So you can subscribe to the newsletter through my website. It's very easy. Just click and put in your email address, and then you can get my monthly newsletter on a wide range of subjects. Thank you, Sarita. I really enjoy our conversation. You're a wonderful person, obviously. <laughs> I am actually thinking of uh, persuading my wife to come to Corfu to one of your retreats. I mm. hope to meet you in person too. Okay, lovely. Nice meeting you. <laughs> Thank you, Sarita. Okay, all the best to you. All the best to you, Sarita. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.